In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As they called an ordained servant of Christ, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me.
lesson for the Sunday called Quinquagesima is written in the first book of Samuel, chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Samuel said, How can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what, you, what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. 
Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ram. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surround my body to the flames, surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. 
then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord of the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory be to you, Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he, saw, when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. For roughly 1,600 years, Christians have gathered on every, every Lord's Day and have followed nearly the same order, using much the same words, and the same thing happens. What happens here in the divine service is very much the same thing that happened to the blind man in today's gospel. After all, we have the same needs. We use some of the same words. We have the same faith in this man named Jesus. This blind man's encounter with Christ, we can find mirrored in the church's liturgy. When Jesus approaches Jericho, it tells us, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, which is about all a blind man could do in those days. He couldn't go out and get a job. All he could realistically do is, is to find a good spot to sit and hope that someone would come to him, pass by him, and help him a little. This man was physically unable to go out and seek help for his condition. He had heard of Jesus, but he could not come to him. You have come to this place that we call God's house. You were physically able to do that. But don't be misled, for you are still by nature spiritually as blind as a bat unable on your own to believe or come to him, to Jesus. But the thing about blind people is that they do a lot of listening. When this blind man heard that a crowd of people going by, he asked them what was happening and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. You and I, likewise, would not have known that Jesus was going to be here except by listening. You can't see him after all, but he's here. But if Jesus passes by without stopping, then, then we'll stay just as we are. We don't want to stay the way that we are. We don't like the way that we are, as you confessed. I am by nature sinful and unclean. I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. I've done what is evil and not good. I deserve punishment. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Or as the blind man said it, it lays on. And here it is, we come and we use the blind man's very words every Sunday. Because we're in the same predicament. There are, of course, many voices that would try to keep us quiet, try to keep us from making a scene. They suggest that it's probably better for us to keep quiet about sin. They suggest that we should just accept things the way they are, accept us for who we are, or suggest that Jesus has more important things to deal with in your petty problems. And far too often we listen to them. We comply because we don't want to seem so needy, and so we don't cry out and lay on. We're like blind men who've gotten used to the dark. 
figuring this is just the way I am. If it's really a problem, I'll deal with it later, maybe another day. I don't know that the blind man could even know this, but Jesus wasn't coming by that way again. This was the last, this miracle, this healing near Jericho was the last miracle that he would perform before he entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But this blind man wasn't taking any chances. As far as he was concerned, this was his only chance. And so, so he cries out to Jesus again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Eleison. Even after we confess our sins, even after we hear Jesus' absolution, full and free, absolute forgiveness of our sins, still, the first ordinary part of the liturgy still uses the blind man's words. Kyrie eleison. Because as it is, we come every single time as fallen creatures in a fallen world. Though many voices would keep us quiet, keeping our voices from reaching Jesus' ears, but we are not going to take chances. Lest he go on without us. Once is not enough. We say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. That's the word that Jesus uses to address Jesus when he finally speaks to him. He says, Lord, Kyrie. As if to confess before him, Lord, it's, it's you. It's you, really you. And the church, I think, does that in its way when we sing the glory in Excelsis, the second ordinary part of the liturgy. We sing this to the same Jesus. We sing, you only, O Lord, you only are holy. You only are the Lord. It's you, it's really you. And the minister confirms it. Jesus stops. He's not going to pass us by. He comes into our presence. We come into his. And he says, the Lord be with you. Jesus then asked the man, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus wants to know what this man wants. He wants to hear about the most pressing need that he has, and so he should choose his words carefully. We come into God's presence. The Lord is with us. And with the minister who speaks for us, and, and we hear his gracious invitation, let us pray. That means that he wants to know. And so we pray very precisely, we pray carefully for the most important things. Did you catch how that went this morning? Oh Lord, mercifully hear our prayers. And having set us free from the bonds of our sins, deliver us from every evil. That's what we want. The blind man wanted to see again. So Jesus said to him, See again. Recover your sight. Consider it done. Whatever you ask in my name, it's done. Amen, it shall be so. And it is. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God and all the people. When they saw it, they also praised God. The blind man opened his eyes and saw. His prayers were answered. He opened his eyes and saw for the very first time he saw Jesus. You, when you open your eyes after the prayer of the day, you won't see Jesus standing here. You'll only see his servant dressed like him. But don't be mistaken, he stands before you and he speaks. Speaks hearing read from a book, 
And then the, the minister makes this startling announcement, this is the word of the Lord. The Lord speaks. And it's the word of the Lord that opens eyes of the heart to see Jesus, to believe in him. It is the word of the Lord that sets you free from the bonds of sin and delivers you from every evil. Your prayers are answered in these words. That's why you sing or say, glory be to you, O Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord, he says. In other words, these are the very words and the actions of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so you shout, praise be to you, O Christ. And just like the blind man, you can't keep this good news to yourself. This Jesus has worked faith in your heart and his, this faith pours out from your heart through your lips and you confess. I believe in one God, the Father. And I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. And miracle of miracles, the people standing next to you, they say it too. They believe him too. Of course, the blind man didn't just confess Jesus and praise him with his lips. He gave thanks to him by them following Jesus. His whole life now was to be an offering of thanks. He followed Jesus. Ever wonder where? Well, where did Jesus go? Where was Jesus going after this? He had just told his disciples, we are going up to Jerusalem. Jesus wasn't finished with his work when he passed through Jericho. He wasn't finished with his work when he healed the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, the deaf and the mute. Jesus wasn't even done with the blind man when he was done being blind. This man's faith in Jesus as the son of David was, was more than faith in a, in a healer. Most likely, this man followed Jesus as he went through Jericho past Bethany and Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. He might have even walked alongside Jesus when he mounted on a donkey and rode into Jerusalem, hearing the people cry out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Sunday of Holy Week to finish the work that he had started with his preaching and teaching and healing and helping. And so it is that we sing those same words too. For Jesus isn't done with us as after our eyes have been opened to his words and he has preached his good news into our hearts. So we sing, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, we're going up to Jerusalem. But did you notice that's where that first person plural, we, ends? We are going up to Jerusalem. But he doesn't say we are going to suffer or we are going to die. Many of those Israelites who went into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, who came in their way for the Passover celebration, they walked into the city alongside a year-old lamb. They went up for the Passover. But it was the lamb who went to the slaughter alone. Its blood was poured out. Its flesh was sliced and pierced. 
quite possibly the blind man in our text went along with, with this crowd to Jerusalem and, and he used his newly restored sight to watch the true Passover Lamb of God sent to the slaughter. And that's why we sing, O Christ, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. And then once again, have mercy, grant us peace. Because in the sacrament you have it. You have Jesus. The answer to your cry for mercy. The answer to your prayer for release from sin. There you have the good news of your salvation. There you even have a Jesus that you can see and touch and taste. The story of the blind man is the story of you and me whenever we encounter Jesus. And there is no other way to encounter him except through mercy, through his hearing our prayer, except through faith and through blood. And either we meet him this way, or we can sit on the side of the road and beg for something so paltry in comparison. Either we cry out for mercy and receive mercy, or we deal with life on our own. Either Jesus goes to the cross and he suffers hell, or we go to our own death and expect to suffer the same. My dear friends, Jesus, in a sense, passes by this way every week. But don't assume that he always will. What if it is the case that he isn't going to pass this way until he goes on to the new Jerusalem? Would, would you let him pass by without crying for mercy? If you knew that he would never pass by this way again, will you let anything stand in your way of coming face to face with Jesus? Will you also follow him? To the cross and watch him, see him with new eyes, to see him finish the job for you. In just a few days, we will begin another season of Lent. And we will have the opportunity once more to travel with Jesus as he goes down this road for us. But in a very real way, you have that opportunity every single Lord's Day. Jesus won't skip a Sunday. He'll be passing by. Grab a spot. Call out to him. He's listening for your cry. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the
O Lord, our Lord, you have opened the eyes of the blind to see and the ears of the deaf to hear. As we prepare to enter the season of Lent, open our eyes and ears anew through the preaching of your law and gospel to see and hear your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Preserve your church and her ministers. Give to all pastors courage to embrace gladly the crosses of their office, that following their example all Christians may also bear the reproach of the world, the attacks of Satan and the temptations of the flesh, in the confidence of Christ's redemption. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Preserve the family in all godly Christian homes. Give parents diligence and persistence in their duties to teach the faith in word and example. Keep all children in the promise you made to them in their baptism. Let the patience, kindness, and endurance of Christian love have no end among us. Lord, in your mercy, preserve the state and its servants. To all whom you have given authority, bestow also the wisdom needed to use it dutifully for the benefit of those under authority. Turn from us every evil in judgment, law, or action, and renew in us and our fellow citizens discernment and selflessness. Lord, in your mercy, preserve us and all who call to you in any need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Preserve your holy communion and your son's blessed supper among us. Give contrition and faith to those who gather at this altar. Unite them in their confession of your truth, and so bring them worthily to eat and to drink Christ's body and blood for their forgiveness and life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
Blessed are you, O Lord of heaven and earth. We praise and thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ. And we remember the great acts of love through which he has ransomed us from sin, death, and the devil's power. By his incarnation, he became one with us. By his perfect life, he fulfilled your holy will. By his innocent death, he overcame hell. By his rising from the grave, he opened heaven. Invited by your grace and instructed by your word, we approach our table with repentant and joyful hearts. Strengthen us through Christ's body and blood, and preserve us in the true faith until we feast with him and all his ransomed people in glory everlasting. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, O Lord, according to his institution, we, your servants, celebrate here before your divine majesty. With these, your holy gifts, the commemoration your Son has willed us to make, remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension. We give you most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits he has secured for us. And we humbly ask you to grant that by his merits and death and through faith in his blood, we and your whole church may receive forgiveness of sins and all other benefits of his passion. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We give you thanks, O Lord, for the foretaste of the heavenly banquet that you have given us to eat and to drink in this sacrament. Through this gift, you have fed our faith, nourished our hope, and strengthened our love. By your Holy Spirit, help us to live as your holy people until that day when you will receive us as your guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Thank you.